don't be afraid to put yourself on the hook. Don't be afraid to put out there something big and audacious that scares the crap out of you because that's what makes us feel alive. And that's why we're here on this planet. Like who wants to play it safe all the time? Do something big. So what if you fail, you fall on your face? So what cares? Do you live life on your terms? And I guarantee it, you'll wake up with purpose. Hello, podcast world. Welcome to episode 23 of Run Chats with Ron Runs NYC. Leah Jansen is a total badass who is truly sucking out all the marrow of life. A mom of four, life coach and business strategist who helps her endurance athletes train their brains for peak performance. Leah is a five times Boston marathoner, two times Ironman finisher who qualified for Kona in 2020. Considering Leah didn't run her first marathon until age 42, her running and triathlon resume are even more mind-blowing. We talk mindset, goal setting, facing your weaknesses. Where does our competitive fire come from? Group training, working with faster people on the water, on the bike and run, mantras, slaying dragons. Lee is also a motivational speaker and self-help author. So definitely check out her webpage, leahjansen.com to learn more or engage her services. We could easily have talked for a few more hours. I hope you'll enjoy Leah's energy as much as I did. So let's dive on in and take a listen. Good afternoon, Leah. Welcome to Run Chats with Ron Runs NYC. I'm so excited to have you on here with me. Hey, Ron. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, this is fun. We had to do the old <laughs> juggling, scheduling, you know, ships passing in the night, emails not getting through to each other. But somehow, how many kids are in your house right now? Oh, probably like 17. 17 kids, piano <laughs> yeah. lessons, sports yeah. drop-offs, and you have one window on planet Earth that somehow we got to crisscross. But we pulled this shit together. You know what? Where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. We, knew, we were both two determined people that are going to make it happen no matter what. So I had I had all confidence in us. Yeah. we And we had to make this thing happen today because, uh, yeah. you know, this is what this whole conversation is going to be about. This convo and life in 2020 is grab life by the balls, make something happen at that very moment in time because every single day, we don't even know what day of the week it is anymore. We don't know if it's daytime or nighttime. Is it a weekday or is it a weekend? everything's canceled. So you know what? Take some control and seize the moment. If something's important enough, figure out a way to get it done. 100%. Couldn't have said it better myself. Awesome. So Leah, generally I like to just, when I'm bringing people on, have them introduce themselves, tell uh, the Run Chats audience a little bit about you. So where did you grow up You know, as a kid? What was that like? And what sports did you play, et cetera, stuff like that? Okay. So I grew up on Long Island. I'm from Stony Brook, Setauket area out in Suffolk County, for those of you familiar with that area. And I grew up here. So I kind of lived here my whole life. And I grew up with, I have a younger brother and my parents. My parents are from the city. My dad was from Queens. My mom's from Brooklyn. My dad was FDNY, retired, then became a stockbroker. We moved out East. And my dad is like the most competitive person on the planet. So I grew up in the most competitive household. I know your household was competitive, but so was mine. Everything, Ron, was a competition, right? You could be sitting on the couch with a rolled up ball. Who can get it 
who can throw the ball into the basket from here? All right, now let's make it from here. So everything, as far as I could go back, was a competition. And it was just, I grew up with a lot of boys in the neighborhood. I played with all, I played sports with all the guys. I played wiffle ball, baseball, basketball. We played lightning, which we called it back then, in my driveway. Um, so, you know, I just kind of grew up with that mentality. So I played softball, basketball, baseball, tennis, volleyball, you name it. I played it. I did everything but run, Ron. That's the, and swim. That's the irony to my life. So in high school, I was an all state tennis player. I went to the States in tennis and I was a pretty decorated volleyball player, but tennis was probably my best sport. So I was always good at like that individual sport, you know, the, the tennis and I, tennis taught me a lot about mental toughness, you know, because, and I tell this story all the time. I was supposed to play this girl in the the county finals in 10th grade. And she came onto the court, Ron, with this bag full of rackets. (laughs) She had like 7,000 rackets and she had these beautiful sneakers and, you know, this Prince jacket. And this is like 1989, you know, this is like way back. And I show up with this crappy aluminum racket. And this, I mean, I just, ne- I never had all the, the money and the gear and the lessons. You know, my dad taught me a lot. He taught me how to play tennis and I took a couple lessons. And I wound up playing this girl in three sets and I beat her. And it was like sheer will. Like I, I just beat her, but I was just a backboard. Like she had these beautiful shots and these great strokes and I just kept, you know, so I, that was my first experience of on how to win mentally, like how to just win the mental game. And I refer back to that story a lot when I, when I think about, so, you know, fast forward all these years, I played, I walked onto the lacrosse team in college, long story. So I played division three lacrosse, which I'd never played before. So I definitely have an athletic, you know, background, but, um, and then I used to run just for fun. I have four kids, so I'm super busy, and they're ages eight to seventeen. So you know we're from driver's ed to, you know, lacrosse, like girls lacrosse and soccer. The kids are doing everything. So I I would just run in between, you know, just in my neighborhood. I never had a, a GPS watch. I knew anything about it. And then I started doing CrossFit. I was into that. I was super competitive with that. That was like my thing. And then I ran a five k, and someone's like, "Oh, you." Right, pretty, you're pretty fast. I'm like, oh, I am. I'm like 40, 41. So fast forward, I ran my first marathon. I was 42. I ran the Suffolk County inaugural Suffolk County Marathon, which um, I'll never forget. It was on September 13th of 2015. And I qualified to run Boston in my first marathon. And I was like, what? Everyone's like, you qualified to run Boston. I didn't even know what that meant, Ron. Okay. I didn't even know what that meant, but that was sort of the beginning of my kind of my running endurance athlete kind of career, but I didn't start till super late and I never ran in high school. I never ran in college. I didn't know anything about running. And so that's sort of a little bit of my background. I wrote my college essay on competition. So I definitely love, I have the competitive spirit for sure. That is a great intro. Um, so, so many fun things in there to unpack. So I'm, <laughs> know, I'm visualizing your dad in the couch and, you know, like before we came on the air, we're talking about my brothers and I playing actual hardball in our living room. <laughs> and I mean, living. a hardball with seams, throwing fastballs at each other from 15, 20 feet away, knee football for anybody who doesn't know what that is. That's literally like tackling and beating the hell out of each other, literally like running into each other full speed. I mean, 
the memories I have, the beatings we gave each other and took, I mean, we were, it was just toughness, man. That's what it was. And if you came home bleeding or anything from the park, my mom just gave you a look like, what? You know, you know where the band-aids are. Go back to the park, man. If you're not tough enough to play with your older brother and his friends, play with your own friends. Like, you know, I wouldn't trade that upbringing for anything. And, you know, I love finding out where people get that competitive streak from. And it starts at a super early age. So you grow up around that where you're competing at literally anything and everything. And I think it just helps make you a really strong person in all areas of your life. And what I love is you played a lot of different sports. Um, I think it's advice that I give to all sorts of uh, kids today and people. I coached all uh, my son through all of his age group sports. I mean, he played soccer like most kids and then became a really good baseball player, travel baseball player, high school baseball player, and didn't start running, although his mom and I were really into it for uh, a really long time. Didn't start running until he became a freshman in high school. He went to Regis High School in New York City and ended up becoming the captain of the cross-country team. And um you know, he was, he had this heart to heart with me. I thought it was going to be something really seriously. You know, you got the kids and you know, they were, well, I got to talk to you, mom. And I'm like, oh, what happened? Like, oh my God, did he actually get in trouble? Like, he's like a perfect student. He's a great kid. I'm like, and he's like, dad, I'm thinking about giving up baseball so I can do outdoor track also. And I'm sitting there going, I played D1 college baseball. You know, it was a super high level thing for me and all his travel teams and having that father son thing. I thought it was going to be something bad. And he's telling me he's going to, wants to leave baseball to put more effort on running. And I'm like, how can I lose? I can't lose, right? This is a win-win. Yeah. This is this is the very definition of win-win. So um, I love that you didn't get your start. You know, you were just super active, volleyball, tennis. You took on the girl with all her bags and baggage, I might add, because I remember those days. My roommate in college was the number one singles player. When I got to school, 6060 in like, you know, 25 seconds, the games were over. Like this kid, you know, looked like Bjorn Borg, top spin, had headbands, had all the rackets like you. And we competed at everything too, pinball, try to yeah. get girls, whatever it yeah. was, you know, beer drinking contests, beer pong. And um, by the time I left school, thanks to him, I actually could win a couple of games in a set of him. So I became competitive in tennis. I love it. And it's a great, to your point, it's one of those individual sports, even if you're on a team and you score points the way you can with running cross country. It's another one of those sports, man, just it develops your grit, man. You got it because you may not have the prettiest backhand or the greatest serve, but if you can get into the point, like you said, and extend points and make people work for stuff, man, you can, you can really battle, battle it out. Honestly, nothing speaks to being in the present moment like tennis. Because if you think about the previous point or the next point, you're done. You have to be absolutely hyper-present. And if you lose focus for a second, you're going to make an error. So it's like, and so that is like the ultimate competition. If you can get into that zone where you're just one point at a time, one point at a time. It doesn't matter what game you're in. You can win that long battle. So I think tennis is the ultimate grueling, you know, the grueling sport and it's got the cardio in it. It's really like a great, and I'm going to get back. I, I used to, I started playing again, maybe a couple of years ago in my local tennis club. We belong to like a tennis beach club here. And I played and uh, this is going to come across wrong, but like, no, I, I was winning in the finals, like six oh six oh, And I was like, this is, I need more than like, I need a little bit more. Like, and I'm not that good. Like I'm okay. I'm not, you know, I'm, but I can get, I know how to win. It was more about, and here's to, to your point, just to give you an idea of 
what my dad is like. So he would watch my, he'd watch my matches and he, you know, he's really good. And he, I would win six Oh six Oh Ron, I would get off the court and you know what he would say to me? Your backhand just isn't right. It's just not, <laughs> it's just, you're still hitting it inside out. Oh my God, I just won. He's like, it's not right. And it's just, you know, so it's just very funny. And I think when you ask about what drives you, you know, what drives a person to be the best that they can be, I, I have to say, as much as I want to knock him down when he says that to me, like your backhand, just, it's just not right, Leah. You're still not coming over the top. You know, I'm like, oh, makes me crazy, but he's right. And I know he's right. That makes me want to be better. It's not that I can win. I know how to win. I'm like, dad, I won. He's like, you can win. I'm not, you know, I know you're going to win, but you can do better. So it's like, you know, what's your best. And, and that, that's what gets me up in the morning. It's not any accomplishment. I don't care about Kona or Boston. Those are great, but that's not what drives me. That's just a, that's just an accomplishment. You know, that's just a, that's a medal and that's a banner. And that, and, that, and those are great things. I'm not trying to take away from that, but it's really like, what can I do in this moment? Right. What can I do at this age with this body and this life? What can I do? How can I be better? Yeah. That's what it boils down to. I love that. So in the business world, we talk a lot about continuous improvement and optimization strategies and whether it be on the supply chain side, I work in healthcare technology. And it's one of the things that I've always kind of brought to my individual teams is this, this great pride of, I named my teams, I give them specific names. So my best team and my most, most powerful team, the all powerful team, we're called the A team, like the old, the old movie. And the, the badge of honor for that team is, no, no, we don't ever say no to Atlantic Health, okay? They're Atlantic Health, we're the A-team, right? So all their hospitals, their systems, their doctors, their nurses, their practitioners, there's, there's no no. There's no no. There's just, we haven't figured out how we're going to say yes, but we will always solve a problem, and we just haven't figured out yet how we're going to solve it. But how we're going to really do it is get them involved, because... When they're involved and we're involved, then we're partners together, okay? It's not, we're not a supplier, we're not a vendor, we're partners, right? We're in this together, so how do we go about this? So you, you brought up some, some wonderful points in there. So yes, Kona, amazing, amazing, like a dream scenario for any triathlete to get to Kona and you've been there, and we're going to go way into that later. Boston, you run your first marathon, the destination, the place that people hunt for and chase, chase a mythical unicorn. Like these are amazing places that people want to go to, right? A destination that they want to get to, to physically arrive at, to compete, to show themselves and everybody else, like, I belong here. This is what I've been working for and all that other stuff. But in this year, it has never been more important that you just brought that point up, which is why I got into the little business segue there. It's about like making the most out of each moment. Okay. And continuous improvement. So in this day, when you can't race, how do you get the best out of yourself in this just one given day? Maybe the win is that you feel like shit and you don't want to run or you don't want to go to the pool. Like that's usually me because I don't want to swim because I know I suck at it. And we had a good discussion about this before because yeah, we know we're not supposed to say those things, but in reality, we do. And even if we don't actually say them out loud, we know they're swimming around inside here between the years. So you have a whole mindset thing and you're coaching athletes and all other stuff. So I want to make sure we take time to get into that and we can jump off into it right now because we end up limiting ourselves so much more. I'm not a good hill runner. 
I don't run well in the heat. Yes. I don't handle things yes. when the wind is blowing. I don't, I'm not as strong as Sally. Ron is way better than me on the hard days. Like these are the ways that the judgments that we just dole out about you or me or another competitor in our age group or something else. So take that run in any direction you want. Oh, so much I want to go say about that. that, Ron. Go, so much to go. say about you that. You got all okay. the time you want. Okay. First thing I want to say is people, here's the thing. People are afraid to put themselves on the hook. They are afraid of putting it out there that this is my best and God forbid it's not what I think it should be or what everybody thinks it should be. So I am going to go in with with all these possible excuses about why this isn't going to be my best. Well, I've been nursing this ankle thing. Well, I got that knee problem. Well, you know, I don't do well when it's 37 degrees. I only do well when it's 36 degrees. Like they have come up with, I mean, case in point, you were there at Boston 2018, right? It was a friggin' monsoon slash snow hail. You name it, they threw it at us. It was like God just throwing (laughs) out everything at us. So prior to that week, what is everybody saying? Oh, it's going to be my worst race. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be this. I'm going to suck. I'm going to be bad. I'm bad in rain. I'm bad in cold. I'm bad in snow. I'm bad in Boston. I'm bad in everything. They already set themselves up for a shitty day. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm not going to go into it with that because I wanted to PR that day. Every year I do Boston, I do better. I'm like, I'm going to do better than last year, this year. I'm going to do better. And I had a, I ran my butt off that day and I gave it everything I had. And I had a really good day and it, it was not a PR and it was, it, it turned out to, I was, I had a PR up until about mile 22 and then I couldn't move my legs. Like they just locked up and that was fine. And I finished it up and I still had a good day and percentage wise, I think I did really well overall, but I didn't just decide it was going to be a bad day. I didn't listen to all that. So people get so caught up in the excuses that they make about why they're not going to be good because they're afraid to put themselves on the hook. Second part to this, it's the days that you don't want to train. It's the days that it's shitty weather and it's, it's raining and it's snowing and I still go out there and you still go out there. But people go, mm, you know what? I don't think I'm going to, because you know what? If I go out there in shitty weather, my run isn't, I mean, I hit the numbers I want to hit, but that's not the win that I get by going out there. The win on that day in the snow and the rain and the fog and the wind is that I went out there and I gave it everything I had. And I may not hit those numbers, but now my confidence is up because I'm like, I can run in this shit. I can run in anything, bring it on. So when Boston monsoon comes, I'm like, bring it on. I'm ready. I've run in this crap. So it's all about the preparation, Ron. It's not, you're not going to find race day mental toughness. It's not, you're not getting it from anywhere. You're not just, it's not just going to show up unless you, and this is one of my things I say in my coaching, practice the way you want to play. If you give it everything in the days that you feel like shit and you don't want to run, days you want to go to the pool, but you go anyway, those are the wins in the confidence bucket. And that, my friend, is what helps you on race day when you need to go and dig into that another gear to get tough, to get through those moments. That's where it comes from. Not a number you hit on a watch on a day that you're feeling like shit. Love it. 
Love it. I'm a big fan. Tell me your tell me your take on this. I'm a big fan at uh, journaling. I'm a big fan. I have whiteboards on my refrigerator. You can't see it's the other side of my podcasting <laughs> studio here. Oh yeah, yeah. I love it. We're on the same page. So yeah, yeah, I mean, I have my racing history from three years across my refrigerator. Key workouts in books recorded, and it and you you just nailed some some really critical stuff in there. Some of my best runs have not been good runs at all. They were just what you said. I said, you will not win. I came back from work, dragging my ass, exhausted, fried, pissed off at clients who were bitching about unreasonable things, maybe a family argument, whatever else. I come in, I've got to walk my dog, I'm dragging and I'm like, you will not crack. You will not crack. You will put your shoes on. You will get out this door. And you know when the win is, the win is the second you're out the door. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's maybe it's 20 or 30 minutes into the run. Maybe it's an hour into the run. Don't expect like some, you know, some silver star is gonna show up like the first second you get out the door. You might be cursing the run out for the first 15 or 20 minutes. You know, somebody might cut you off or they might splash like a gallon of water on you. You don't know what's gonna happen, but somewhere out there for me. The transformation occurs and that's, and you have to be willing, but you've got to be willing to say, good job, man. I did it. I got out here. You got to be willing when you walk back in that door to just acknowledge it because that is the win. And that's how you encourage yourself to continue that behavior and to go forth and do it again. That's the key. And even though it's not about the numbers, it's not about you, you know, what you were able to do physically, it's the mind over matter. And I always say this to my athletes, I say consistency over intensity. Don't worry about the intensity on that day. The consistency is so much more important. And if you ask any triathlete coach or any, any coach, what makes a good triathlete? They're like consistency, getting out the door on the days you don't want to, because you're, that tells your mind, you can do hard things on days you don't want to. So guess what? When you're on a, in a race and it gets hard, what are you going to do? You're going to keep going because that's what you've been doing. That's what you've been doing. It's the same concept, but people, you know, people are wrapped up again, Ron, they're wrapped up in, I'm not going to put up good numbers today. So I'm not going to do that run. I'm not, you know, it's not going to show up on Strava because it's not going to be, you know, whatever, because they think I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. It's not going to be good. And I always use the trick. I'm like, you know what, Leah, just maybe you're not feeling those intervals today. Just get out there and do it. See how you feel. 99% of the time. I'm all in. Once I get moving, I'm all in and I, and I hit the numbers. So it, it, we have to trick ourselves sometimes, you know, even us, the most motivated people, I'm you, me, we're human beings. We have life that gets in the way. If you think it's easy for us, it's not, it's not any easier for me or you than anybody else, but we've trained our brain to kind of overcome those, those, those obstacles that sort of show up on that day. Like I'm tired. I had a crappy day at work. I don't need this. I need to relax and just whatever unwind. No, those, but you train yourself to do that, to get over that. You do. You absolutely do. And the, and the conditions, if you, you know, like nobody could have prepared for that Boston that we talked about where we first met on uh, Boylston street that year, <laughs> right. which was fun. Um, mm-hmm. but in, in, literally, you know, maybe Des, you know, cause I obviously it's hard not to be like a huge fan of Des. I don't know. I don't think I've ever met a person who isn't a fan of Des Love because her. she owns social. She's witty as hell. Um, she's funny. 
Um, and she's just gritty and just everything about her is just, just awesome period, yeah. man. She just yeah. oozes awesomeness and, and she's authentic. Um, and I think that just comes through in every tweet she has and her posts and she's just got that sly little grin and, um, just, she's you just, very, you, yeah. you gotta want to root for her. Um, but I think, I think one of the things that a lot of people picked up on, but I think many, many, many more people missed is in that day, in that shit show that we ran through, you know, everyone talks about this amazing, uh, graceful move where she waited for Shalane and all. And it was, it was a nice move, but let's, let's really put that in perspective for one minute because I've done it and I guarantee you've done it. I guarantee you've been out on group rides with your Ironman friends. I know what that's like when I'm having a good day and everyone else isn't. Okay, sure, there's, we all have an ego. You can all say you don't, but we do. Like, oh, wow, I'm crushing Lee on this ride today. Cool. Or I'm kicking somebody's ass in the swim lane. Well, that would never happen, but we're going to get to that because <laughs> we know my swimming problems are going to, we're going to work through that. That's going to be a project for both of us. But um, the net net is when, when we allow ourselves to say, I'm going to wait for Leah. I'm going to, she needs to slow down. She's struggling today. I'm going to wait for her. Okay. Here's, there's so many things that are going on physically. We feel like we just took the break. We put the brakes on. We've eased up. We've eased up physically. Our heart rate eases up. Our cortisol levels, every single thing in our human body starts to go through this change because, hey, we just took all the pressure off. Everything we're just talking That's about. It. Des took the pressure off right in that race, right at that very moment. She's like, you know what? Not feeling it, Shalane. I'm just going to hang and I'll wait and I'll work you back to the pack. Well, guess what? If the rest of the pack had hammered and gotten further up that road, no chance on earth Des wins that race. It just... It played out the way it was meant to play out totally. because in Charlevoix in Michigan in that cold, rough winter conditions and rain and snow and ice and all the stuff that she'd worked through and the crazy hard training because she's a grinder, she'd been in that kind of mill before. She'd been in that cauldron before. She'd been and taken on those kind of elements before, but she wasn't tough at that moment at all. She was just like, let me just wait for Shalane and I'll help her. And then what happened is as the run started to go, cause Hey, we're talking, that was maybe 12 miles in or something. It yeah, wasn't it was deep into yeah. the race at all. Yeah. Not for, not for people like them that are just at a whole other level of toughness and strength. And then she starts realizing, Hey, like I'm running better than anybody around me right now. And I'm feeling good. And she caught back up to everybody. And the next thing you know, she's literally in the lead. So I just think from a, a mindset perspective, there's so much to learn there. We all want to just, you know, worship at the altar of our favorite athletes. And we should, because we should, you, you have to have people to look up to. You have to have heroes to look up to. Whether it's in Ironman, whether it's in tennis, I don't care what it is. You like Roger Federer, I don't care. You like Serena, I don't care who your athlete is that you like. And we tend to only focus on how they won or what they did to win. We don't ever realize like, hey, she was struggling at that moment. She was going to pitch. She was going to bail. So for everybody out there, the lesson here is, my God, I'm not picking on Dez. I love her, man. I would give anything to have her on my show. Are you kidding yes. me? So Dez, come on my show. <laughs> come on my show, please. But what I'm getting at here is even someone as tough and as grind-oriented as Dez, who's done all this crazy amount of work, and you know triathletes, the work that you have to put in to get ready for Kona, even the strongest, the fittest, the most mentally tough have moments when they're going to crack. So let's explore that because not only did she not crack because she took, 
She gave herself permission to say, I'm going to wait for Shalane, which wasn't very long. I mean, she was in the bathroom for like 10 seconds or something. It was like it was 12 seconds. Whatever the hell it was, right? So my point is, if you give yourself a little grace out there, if the winds are blowing in Javi at like 50 miles an hour and your bike is like swerving back and forth and you're having a hard time just keeping the damn thing like upright, okay, and on the ground, because I've been to Kona when my friend qualified and I know what the winds blow like out there. I've never been fortunate enough to actually race like you, but I want to hear all about that later. But my point is to anybody, you might be struggling. Your stomach might be bothering you. You may not feel good. You might be having trouble breathing. If you ease off for a section, if you just dial it back for a little bit, maybe you ease off a little on the hills. Maybe you just back off a little on the bike and don't worry about your power number for a couple of minutes in time. Maybe the race will come back to you as it did for Des. What do you think? Yeah, I, I listen, I can't agree more. I think you made a very important point, which she took the expect the expect there was no expectation. There was no expectation for her. So that release of pressure and of expectation gave her an ability gave her the opportunity to relax into the run. And like the Kenyans say, let the run come to you. You don't chase the run, you let the run come to you. And I think that's what she did. She felt good. She was comfortable in the elements. She wasn't, there was no pressure for her to do anything on that given day. Everybody else had something to prove and was hammering. And she was, you know, she just simply did the, you know, did what she needed to do. She just kept running. And it's so oversimplified because it's like, wait, she just ran. Yeah. She just (laughs) freaking ran like, you know, and just, and if you start out slow and I, you know, again, it's all about how you build into your run and how you take that time in the beginning to warm up properly. You know, your first mile should be your slowest mile. Your last mile should be your fastest mile. And people don't get that concept and they try and just bank time. And that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother show. But I think Des eased into it, you know, and she felt good because she wasn't hammering in the beginning because there was no expectation. And I think we do have a lot to learn there, but you know, sometimes it's just pounding away one mile at a time, not having, you know, we can't be, and I, I coach my clients on this, don't be obsessed with the outcome. It's not an outcome. You're not outcome oriented. It's not about, you don't obsess about the number. You don't, you obsess about the process. It's about the process of running because on that day, if she had said, I want to run a 215 marathon, she wasn't doing it that day. It just wasn't happening. Whatever she had was good enough to win. So if she was obsessed with the number, she would have been disappointed. If you're looking at your watch going, I'm not on track for this, what happens to your head when that, you get all in your head and go, oh, I'm not going to make it. I'm not on track. And now you start to you start to play into that fear and this isn't working. I'm not going to do it. I'm never going to make it. And you give up. So I think we have to be so cognizant of where we're at at that present moment. And she just ran the race on that day. And just like in tra- triathlon, especially because the elements are going to give you everything under the sun. So you can't look at last year's Kona and say, oh, I want to do this number and that number. You don't know what's going to be that day. The winds could be coming the other direction. You could have a tailwind the whole way. You could have choppy water. You could have flat water. So it's never about the number. It's never about the outcome. We have to be obsessed with the process. That Then the outcome will just be a natural, organic outcome of what we've been doing, the journey, the, the months and months of training. That's what it's all about. And that's what Des had done. She did her work and it came out on that day. It was her day. See, there Again, there's so much in there. There's so much gold in there. Um, we become obsessed. The only letters that matter in the world are PR or PB, depending on what part of the world you're from. Oh, I've got her on a PB. I'm going to, no, you don't. No, you don't. You know what you need to do? You need to be your best version of yourself on that day. And if it's a swim bike run, 
okay? And and maybe you're the greatest swimmer, okay? Maybe you own all the Ironman records in the swim. Well, guess what? Even that swimmer might have a bad day, okay? But maybe, and they're not particularly strong on the bike, they have a stronger day in the bike. Maybe they suddenly find confidence they didn't know they had and they actually run better and maybe they actually run their best time because as you know, the swim makes up for the elites an incredibly small percentage of the time element how they could swim 2.4 miles in those times is mind-boggling to me (laughs) because it's just something i've struggled with so much but what's cool is and i hope that everybody listening will pick this up you should never be afraid to admit what you suck at or what you're weak at or what you need to work at hey i put it out there i'm turning 60 in january i want to do an ironman in 2021 okay i can't swim more than 50 yards right now now my friends think i'm making this shit up come to chelsea piers come to a pool and watch me swim and you will see that i'm not making it up now am i sandbagging no absolutely not i just have not been in the water in almost 30 years you only get 30 minutes at a lane you know, and there's no group. So there's, it's very hard to kind of get any momentum. And what we're weakest at, what we're the shittiest at, what we suck at the most is not the thing that you say, let's go, Leah, let's get to the pool. Let's go swim. Nope. I'm going to say, let's go ride today. Let's Let's go go run today. Let's go run and ride today. And then maybe I'll be like, oh, I haven't been to Chelsea Piers in a while. I better get over there and do a swim. So yes. And it's a habit. And that's what you talk about so much in your coaching. Mm -hmm. So talk about that because I know that habits, once we start, if it's to go to the gym in the morning at six o'clock and be the first one there, and we pray that gyms can stay open and all these other things because we need these things in our lives. But like once you start down this journey, if you run every morning before the sun comes up or whatever your routine is, once you make it through those first three or four or five days or three or four or five times all of a sudden it's ingrained, it's imprinted, and it's like, I can't miss. And then it's like, you want to go, but you're like, no, 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 I actually can't miss. So I know that if I could just get into, even if it was three days a week in the pool, I would start to have some gains and it doesn't need to be big. For me, if I go from 50 yards and I'm going to a hundred, that's enormous. And it's going to be like, wow, I'm starting to make some progress. It has nothing to do with speed. It's just about being able to go. Because look, I've been to Kona. I, when my friend qualified, I was there for his race. I actually swam the whole 2.4 mile course because I did triathlon. Oh, so you've back done it. Yeah, no, I've done it. But okay. I mean, embarrassingly, I don't even know. We didn't keep time. It was back when Gatorade used to have the giant, you know, massive things out there. And that was the turnaround. And I got to tell you, for anybody who's never, ever done a try, Hopefully some people listening, I've had ultra marathoners on and people have been like, okay, I'm going to try an ultra marathon now. I'm going to try a trail run. And I just love that you're my first uh, triathlete because you're also a badass crushing it in Boston. You've been to Kona twice. You got the coaching thing going. You have appearances on TV. You have all this great, cool stuff going. But for me, like if you've never really put yourself out there in life, man, let me tell you something. When I turned around at the 1.2 mile mark out in the Bay, in, in Hawaii, in, in, uh, in Kona. And I looked, I could barely see the hotel on the horizon. Okay. I could barely see that's how far out we were. Now, mind you, for a person who's not confident in their swimming and is not freaked out because there's so much salt in that water that it's basically akin to wearing a full wetsuit. I mean, you are literally floating on the top of that water, but I made it 
And then I biked a lot of the course with my friend because he just wanted to see sections of it. He obviously wasn't going to hammer. We were there about four, five days before the race. And so we broke the bike course down and did sections of it. And then we broke the run course down and ran by the Natural Energy Lab because for years I heard about all the weird stuff that happened out there watching it on TV. And I'm like, is anything going to happen to me? Am I going to like melt? Like so, an alien or something? Yeah. yeah. It's like a weird place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. But honestly, you've done the distance. Like that to me is you have to keep reminding yourself that Ron, I'm going to coach you here. Like you have done the distance. Your body has done it 30 so years ago. That was 30. I, I'm not, Hey, you, you know me. Tell yourself, I'm not, I'm not going to give up. Leah. I'm, oh, I know you're I'm, not. Oh, I know you're not. Do, I'm going to do it. I'm not worried about you'll, you. You'll be one of the people I'll be, I'll be tapping into. I'm hundred um, percent, but yeah. you've got it. I'm, I'm, you know what? And it's, I think it's beautiful that you're taking on something that is so super uncomfortable for you because again, you know, as older athletes, as masters athletes, that's the nice way of saying we're older <laughs> than a certain age. It's so humbling to say, I suck at this and I'm going to do it anyway. Because it is uncomfortable for me. And the growth that you're going to experience, the confidence and the stories you're going to share with, is going to inspire everybody else to do it. Because there are so many people, I can't tell you how many people a day say to me, oh, I would do a triathlon, but I can't swim. I would do a triathlon, but I can't swim. Oh, I've always thought about triathlon, but I can't swim. And I said, I said, like, how do you do the swim? How's the swim? I go, you know, it's so funny that you say the swim is what stops you. And the swim was my biggest fear because I was not a swimmer at all. I'm, I'm, you know, never swam. When I, I told you I got to the, my first swimming clinic, I was in lane one blowing bubbles, blowing bubbles. That's where <laughs> I started. So if I can do that and get to where I've gotten, I said, anybody can swim. You just have to have the, the desire. But I think it's kind of cool to learn something new at an older age. Like I've done all these other sports. I'm like, let me try something that I've never done before. This is kind of interesting and I'm going to be really crappy at it and it's going to suck. But, you know, I, I just think that people are so afraid, Ron, they're so afraid to be bad. They're so afraid of who's watching. They're so afraid of what they're going to look like. And I'm going to be slow. Nobody freaking cares what we do. Here's the secret. People. Bullseye. Bullseye. Nobody gives a shit about they what don't. they don't care. They do not care. They're so busy wrapped up in their own shit. They could care less what you're doing. About your times, about they don't care. anything. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not a, a good family member, a friend. They're not in your social network, all that stuff. But the reality is they're scrolling through their feed and they see a picture of Leah on her bike. So they write a nice comment and they're out. They don't know. They have. You think they know if you average 21.5 miles an hour or 14.7 or what the hell the two mean? No, they don't know. They don't know if I run a five-hour marathon or a 305, they wouldn't know. A 503 or a 305 to them would be the same thing. Is that good? Correct. Is that good? That's, that's a, no is that a good... Idea. Are all marathon? How long is a marathon? Are, are are all races the same distance? Like, I mean, people that are not in our sports, they don't know. So, I have a fun idea for you because um, you took this leap, and you know, you've got this great thing going with coaching and and leadership and inspiring people. So, here's a fun thing. Here's something I want to do with you. Let's organize an open water swimming clinic. In Long Island, I know yeah. you have a lot of people in your community mm -hmm. and, you know, certainly like I have a wetsuit, which will always help me, even if the water were really warm, I'd wear it just to, to help me. So it's not as much of a struggle, but I know that personally 
Like when I go for a group ride, when I go for the group runs, my motivation, my energy level, just everything about me just goes up to another level. And it's not like trying to beat him. It's, it's fun, man. It's just yeah. share the energy, share the passion. So to me, like I can learn so much from that. And if I'm there, I'm accountable. If I have to show up, I'm accountable. And if I'm going to go do that, I'm going to want to do some work before I get there. I'm going to want to at least be able to try to perform at some sort of a decent level. Um, so let's let's do something fun like that. Obviously, we're heading into the winter right now. Yeah, not now. Um, so I don't think it's spring. I don't think it's going to go down. But um, that would be that would be super fun. So and it is fun when you swim in open water with a bunch of people. Like it's very. You, you ever see the Seinfeld episode where Kramer's swimming in the Hudson River? Yes. Okay, it, which makes me laugh every time. So he's out there swimming in the Hudson because it's good for his back. And he bumps into a lane and then he bumps into Newman. And he's like, what are you doing here? And everyone's like, oh, my, this is great. It's like, that's what it's like when we all swim together. Well, yeah. Like, because people will jump in and you don't know they're there. And then all of a sudden you get to the buoy and they're like, oh, my God. oh hey, Ron, how are you? And they're like, Leah, what's up? What's going on? And they're like having these conversations. It's hysterical. It's like a whole nother. And I never knew this world existed, which was the beautiful thing. I've been going to Cedar Beach and, you know, all these parks and I never saw people swimming. And now I notice all the open water swimmers with their wetsuits on and their goggles and they've got this. And we've got our little system and our little groups that go. So you have to come out to the island and join us for some open water swimming and it's and that is how you get better. Yeah. Because what I used to do, Ron, I would follow these people swimming and I'd watch how they swam. Wow, are they kicking? Oh, look, her hand is going way out in front of her and she's pulling that water back. Oh, her head's down. And then I would get pissed and competitive. Like, how come she's swimming so much faster than me? And I, you know, I try yeah. to keep up with people, you know, and now it's like now I'm one of the faster swimmers because I've just worked, you know, you get that again because there's other people with you and you're competitive in nature. She doesn't know I'm chasing her down. He doesn't know I'm chasing him down, but he's motivating me just by doing his thing and I'm trying to keep up with him. And I'm like, oh, next week I'm going to get them. You know, like, so that's what, that's how you get better at it. You are, you know, again, we're in a tough time. There's no, you know, one person in a lane. There's no group swimming, but you've got time come spring. When we get back in the open water, we'll get you going. We'll get you some neoprene booties for your feet because it's cold <laughs> and we'll get you a little cap. And you'll be all set to go. Neoprene cap and some gloves and you'll be good. I love it. You know, you know, I like my colorful stuff, man. You know, yeah, I'm gonna good. I'm gonna need some out. I'm gonna need some orange gloves or you know, like an orange hat or a nice you know, orange cap. Because I got my Roca, I got my Roca sweat, my Maverick yes. sweat uh, wetsuit. That's what I have. That's yeah, what I have. Team Roca, Team Roca, baby. So, um, this is this is just like fodder for everybody out there. Like we're we're all stuck in whatever. You could be in neutral. You might even be in reverse. I mean, like this year is going to come to an end. It is. It may not feel like it's going to, but it's going to. So now's the perfect time to take stock. Where are you at? You know, like. Stop thinking about when the major marathons are going to actually happen, because I guess what? They're not going to happen until vaccines are actually working and people have access to them and they're taking them. And that, based on anybody's viewpoint, is probably going to be late next year, some point. I mean, they'll be around before then, but before they're around and accessible and available, I think, too, let's not be US-centric here around the yeah. world where people are right. taking them. 
Um, and believe me, for everybody's talking about how bad we have it here and how bad the U.S. has managed this thing, believe me, other countries are not handling it any better. Okay, other than New Zealand, pretty much every country on the planet is struggling their asses off trying to get this thing under control. And once we go back indoors, which we're kind of in now, things only get worse. So everybody listening, man, find something to like put your toe in the water for something new, man. Go to the gym and do a climbing wall. Like, I mean, you just Reset start your goals. hiking. Listen, yeah, exactly. Goals. This is the time. Listen, runners, triathletes, endurance athletes, what do we always wish we could do more of, right? Stretching, yoga, Pilates. This is where we can balance the muscle imbalances. This is where we can get the stretching done. This is the time to build us, build a better body, build a better athlete, right? Get your mental game set up. That's where I come in, you know, build the runway. And so you go into 2021, like rare to go because you, you're checking off all the boxes that you can normally, you're like, no, I don't have time to do the Pilates. I don't have time to do yoga. I got to run or I got to bike. I got to swim. Take stock, like you said, Ron, that's great advice. Take a look at what you want to do, but set it up now. Like don't go into 21 with a game plan. Where are you going to be January 1st of 21? Don't wait until then to say, I think I want to do this. I think I'm going to do that. No, start talking about that now. You know, what are your new goals? And if you don't have a Boston Marathon in April, which is totally disappointing and I'm totally bummed, but okay, what am I going to do instead? I'm going to focus on other, get strength, start doing the strength training you always talked about doing, right? As runners, we don't want to do that. We want to swim, bike, and run. We want to do all the the cardio stuff. And we shy away from what's uncomfortable for us, which is often strength training and doing those things. Do those things. That will benefit you much more than if you were to just keep running and pounding on the legs. So that's my advice. Great advice. And I think it's it's a really important time now more than ever to, I mean, the reason I'm such a fan of Goggins and um, some people aren't maybe just because of the language, but that's why I love them even more, man, because, you know, there's no, there, you can, every sentence should have an F-bomb in it as no far as I'm concerned. No one drops an F-bomb like yeah. No, he, no one does. There's no, no question, no, man. But, no, you know, like stay in the fight is my sign, which is right behind me over there. That's been my mantra forever. And, you know, he closes out his, his rants with, you know, stay hard, stay in the fight. And I'm always like, Dude, man, you can't be like ripping my ripping my mantra, but I'm kidding. He probably was using it before me and, and somebody was probably using it before him. But the point is, you gotta look at yourself in the mirror. The battle is there. The battle isn't, you're not, it's not Leah's age group trying to get to Kona. It's not me trying to come top 10 in the world age group championships. Although that is a huge goal for me in 2021. I qualified for the world age group marathon championships in London. And it's the best in the world. It's only 40 of us. Well, I want to come in like top 10 for that. That's going to require like a psycho fast time. I mean, I'm, I know how fast it's going to be. It's going to be crazy fast. Um, so that's a big goal for me, but the goal is like the end point, right? What are you trying to get to? What I'm talking about is you're facing off every day with the man in the mirror, the woman in the mirror. Like, what are you weak at today? What are you not feeling good about in your own life? What do you feel like you can change in the near term, that's going to help. I mean, I know what my big problems are. My diet sucks, man. I'm like living on gluten-free pizza and milk duds, and I eat more junk food than anybody on earth. It's not possible to put more bad stuff in my body, but I do, and I'm aware of it. And I know that one of the things that helps me a lot, and I, I don't know how it affects other people the same way, when I'm in a racing 
calendar in a cycle. And I know like I had all six majors last year and I'm running. Yeah. I'll get to a point where I'm just like, okay, that's it, man. It's over. I'm just going to start eating really well again. I'm going to go back to, and I'm never going to be like a vegan or eating clean like 24 seven, but I will take that stuff and just say, okay, I'm only going to have that once in a blue moon. It's like super reward mode and go there. But now in COVID times where it's like dark mode every day, and it's like, I've eaten more candy than anybody on earth. So if I can still do the shit I'm doing and eat the foods I'm eating, okay, and sign up for the JFK 50 miler, by the way, you can get off your ass at home and do something too. So I don't want to hear any excuses, people. Step up, make it happen. Let's go. Make it happen. This is it. I mean, if we don't appreciate now what we what we have, if nothing is going to make us appreciate it more than this past year. And I think that that's I think that's where we're coming from. That that's the mindset of a lot of athletes now. Like how excited we are for 21. How excited we are for some of these races that are going to happen. They just did Ironman Florida and that went off without a hitch so far. So that to me was big. That was a big moment. Like, okay, we can do this. I mean, the world may, you know, the big events like Boston's and New York city marathons and the London's you're right. They're not going to be able to do those. I'm hopeful that they are able to start to incorporate some of these races, maybe in the end of 20, 2021, but think about it. Be grateful for the races that you may have on your calendar. And if they're not there, find your own race, find your own, you know, cause what is a race to us? It's an end point, right? It's yeah. a focus. And I love the race because it gives me an opportunity to gear up and gear back down. I like that. I like the ebb and flow. That's what I missed the most about this past year. Cause there was none of that. It was just like a big flat line. It was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I like to train hard, taper, race, recover and start back over again. And I love that up and down. But so now what do we have to do? We have to create our own up and down. We have to put insert an event and it could be something different. It could be, you know, a 50 miler or people are doing marathons in their backyards. I mean, we're doing crazy stuff nowadays because we need that. We need something to focus on. We need a distraction. We need a, a goal. So set some new goals, but don't be afraid to set something like you're doing, like put something out there that's scary as shit, you know, doing an Ironman. That's a big deal. That's a big event. And it's, you know, it's going to take, but that's the beauty of it, Ron. The beauty is going from swimming 50 yards to swimming 2.4 miles. And you're going to be so, it's going to be huge for you. Well, you, huge. you know, you know, the impact because you went through that curve yourself of yes. literally floating, blowing bubbles, breaststroking. And I distinctly remember us talking about this because there's nobody, oh there's nobody who came into swimming with no experience that hasn't had this happen to them. Cause we talked about like a hyperventilation story because every swimmer that has ever, you know, started in the sport with zero experience has had it happen to them. They got in the water before swim and it, this could be an Olympic distance or even shorter. It could be a sprint distance and just something just goes wild, man, in the brain chemistry, man. And it is not a pretty place to be, man. I am talking like heart rate, feeling like it's going to blow up out of your chest. You can't breathe. Like everything is just wrong. It's nothing has ever happened like this in my life in a run, in a bike, in any other sport, playing any other sport, golf, tennis. I don't care if it's a state championship on the line, college world series, any place I've ever been, I've never had that kind of experience. And for swimming, it is, and it can happen to you. Yep. So tell, tell everybody a little bit about that. And then we're going to talk about you know, your whole working your way up the ladder to like crushing it and qualifying for Kona, which is completely insane, um, which people that are, are listening probably would have no idea, but we're going to try to give them some context on that. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, that panic in the water. And again, you're in the water. You're not on the ground. You're not walking. You can't just sit down or, you know, or just get off the bike. You're in the water and there's nobody around you. They don't know what's going on. You just look like a bobbing head. So I did a race where I was, I was feeling good about my swim. So I decided to put myself right front and center on the swim start and everybody swam over me and I completely panicked you know, the whole thing, the breathing. And I just, I, I peel off. I let everybody go ahead of me. And I said, I'm doing the backstroke or the side stroke or the floating stroke, whatever it was. And, you know, you can grab onto a kayak. I don't know. I didn't see any kayak. I didn't know anything about that. It was like my second race ever. So I said, all right, I'm just going to, I'm going to let everybody go. I'm going to do my thing. Just let them go. I need to swim by myself. I don't need anybody on top of me. <laughs> so it's again, you're swimming and now there's people kicking you in the face and knocking Cra- you Kramer's, Kramer's bashing into you. Kramer's bashing into me. I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? So, yeah. So I just said, I'll just swim. Just keep swimming and just get, get it done. And I wound up swimming my way. I kept going. I kept getting more momentum, getting more confidence, getting my swim down, feeling good. Because I had trained. Get off the, Get out of the water. Get on the bike. Start biking my butt off. And bike caught up to everybody. Got on the run caught everybody started running 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 because that's my that's my jam and i wound up coming in second in my age group like podium medal the whole night i was like this is so you know the story again is never give up you know you you're never out of the fight it's a fight from beginning to end you don't know what anybody else is experiencing on that day you don't know who's doing what who's having a good day bad day so i just said to myself i'm having a shitty swim but i'm going to make the most of the rest of my day I'm going to have a good bike and I'm going to have a good run. I don't want this day to just be crap and just chalk it up to a failure. I said, all right, I didn't have a good swim, but I'll be damned if I don't finish this course the best way I can. And that's what I did. And it wound up working out for me. So it's, you know, it's just an interesting mindset. Again, just keep doing your thing and you never know what the outcome is going to be. Never give up. Never say never. David Goggins would be proud. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he'd be he'd be super proud and he'd be super proud. And, oh my and gosh, the, he's so crazy. He is, he is. But that that hyperventilation, it's it's oh, if it yeah. hasn't happened to anybody, it just it's not it's very hard to even capture properly and put it into words. But you know, like I've just like you said, I've been hit in the head. I've had my goggles knocked off, my contact lens, I, like everything. And you're just like like you you're, you cannot slow your heart rate down. Like I've I can't even really do a proper backstroke. So I've done breaststroke, and you know I've been like side stroke, and then you know at some point just let enough groups go by and say okay, just put your head back in the water and just swim a few strokes of freestyle, and then still could not really get it under control, and then would do some more breaststroke, and then just similarly to you. Um, was able to get going again. Um, this was like in a race in Delaware or something in a pond that was like a mud pond and it was gross and, you know, it was nasty. But, you know, the, the win, as you know, the win is, man, when you get back to that bike rack, and I don't care if there was not one bike left on that rack, like I, you can, that's, that's your mindset again. It's like, if you look at that and be like, oh, I suck every bike is out on the course. I'm a loser. I'm a failure. Like, yeah, maybe you're going to have a shitty bike and a shitty run. But if you go the other way where it's like, you motherfuckers are going to pay. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for everybody. I'm coming not only on a bike, but I'm not slowing down, man, because then I'm going to get my running shoes on and then I'm really going to come because 
it's crazy because if your mindset is like, how many people can I pass? Like, how many people can I get by? Wow. And you're not counting them, but you just keep seeing it. And it's a positive image. Like they maybe are good at swimming. Maybe they swam in high school or college. And maybe they have the same feelings about biking or running um, that that I have about my swimming being my weakness. So the thing is, you, you didn't let it ruin your day. You stayed the hell on the fight and you kept working through it and you ended up on the podium, man. You crushed it. Now, is that where you, that's not where you qualified for Kona, right? No, no. I qualified for Kona in uh, Ironman Chattanooga, which is my poster. And, you know, it's funny because when you're not a good swimmer, like we are, and it's not my strength, you try and figure out other ways to get better at it. That's, that's, you know, I have this sort of scrappy athlete kind of mentality. So I had been told, try and draft off people in the swim. It's legal in triathlon to draft off people in the swim. But like, well, how do you do that? You know, and like, well, you get on their feet and you kind of stay in their slipstream and you can really conserve a lot of energy on the swim. And I'm like, but how do you know how fast they're going? So I would try and I would practice this, right, Ron? Now I'm not a great swimmer, but listen, I'm looking for every advantage I get. What's my goal? Best time I can get. That's it. Winning ugly. It doesn't have to be pretty. I'm just going to get it done. So I get, you know, I practice a little bit out in the in the open water. But when you're in the open water, people just swim all over. It's so hard to follow somebody. And anyway, but I did practice it a little bit. And and also, you can't see in the the salt water. Like in a pool, you can see their feet. In a lake, you can see, but you can't see. Anyway, fast forward to Chattanooga. Now Chattanooga is a downriver swim. It's a current swim, so it's faster. It's definitely faster. But there was no wetsuits that day. It was not wetsuit legal. Is it so one one direction the whole way? One direction the oh, whole way. Oh, so you have the current the whole way. Oh, beautiful okay. swim. Listen, I picked that race on purpose. <laughs> I'm not an I'm not an idiot. I'm an opportunist. Nice. I'm like nice. I'm going to pick the swim that's the easiest, and the bike and the run was really hard. But bring it on. So I get in the water, Ron. Right, and I'm like, I'm going to find somebody to draft off of. I'm going to get you know. I'm going to get, and I find this guy. He was wearing orange. I'll never forget it. Yeah. And um, yep, he had orange in his wetsuit. And I drafted off of him in the swim. And I draft and I didn't know if he was going the right direction. So every now and then I would kind of pick my head up and say, Hey, is he going straight? Like, are we going to the buoys? P.S. I I drafted off him for a long time. And it was a huge gain for me because you save energy, Ron. You're not, yeah, you're not sighting every minute, you're not picking your head up. I just stayed on his feet. And it was great. And it was, a friend of mine had told me to do that. And they said, when you get out of the water, tap him on the shoulder and say, thanks for the ride, buddy. <laughs> I was like, it was just a great, you know, again, another way to maximize my performance through conserving energy. So I've got more for the bike, more for the run. Just a funny story. Very, no, it's very smart. Um, and, you, you know, you, strategic. That, but, that's how you, but that's how you learn. And, you know, so you come out of that water and at this point now, you got to be feeling good, right? Now, give give us an idea. Like, in, it's a 2.4-mile swim. What was your time in that swim? It, was that your first time swimming an Ironman swim? No, my first Ironman swim was in Maryland, and I did a 118. Which is, a, okay, that's, that's like insanely good, even though you're going to say it isn't good. That's really, really good. Now, Ironman Maryland swim is super hard. It's got five four turns you go around a square twice oh it's god like a very and it's in a choppy river it's called oh, the chop no. tank river nope. bad swim Don't that's ever off do the that. list that's so off that the list. one i knew going in this is going to be a tough swim and i had a great so for me a 118 was awesome like i was pumped with that it was actually 117 and then 
across the thing. It was 118.03. So I was happy with that. So in Chattanooga, I swam a 103. What? Are you kidding me? That's crazy. I was also a lot faster and it was a downriver. You're, so that's a good one get, for you, Ron. You I'm, gotta take that. I'm getting that. more depressed by the second. Man. No, 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 no. You should be. No, I'm you kidding. should be excited. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's a good. You should I'm, sign up for that race. That's I'm, a good race. I'm kidding, man. It's phenomenal. I mean, to cut from 118 to 103 is just like unbelievable. So 15 minutes. You know, you have that in the bank now compared to what you had done before. And look, man, we're all creatures of habit. And, you know, you have three disciplines to perform on the day. And this is the first one. And now you, you chop 15 minutes off. You got to be feeling like totally stoked coming into the bike transition area. And so you come in, you roll in, you get to your bike and, and rock out from there. Tell us what went down so next. Get on the bike. And now the, what's the course the, like? What's the bike course the like? The course is tough. It's actually long too. It's 116 miles versus 112. I heard that. Now what? They, they didn't feel like real Ironman distance is cool enough. What the hell is yeah, going on in to, this they're place? They're over, overachievers. No, they can't cut it. I don't know why. I said the same thing. I'm like, really? They can't figure out how to do 112. Come on. So because it t- to tell you what, four miles doesn't sound like a lot. But oh. it is when you're on the bike for six hours, it is a lot. So, but whatever you got to get, it is what it is, right? We can't dwell on it. It is what it is. So I get on the bike. Now it's about 99 degrees on this very day. What? It was 99? the second, yeah, it was the second highest DNF ever in Ironman history. Damn. My day. Oh my Super gosh. Hot. So the first bike loop, you know, we've got Watts that we're trying. I've got Watts I'm trying to hit and I've got a zone I'm trying to be in. So and what's your what's your number? Because hopefully some actual triathletes that are badass like you might want to know. I you know what what number are you sh- what do you shoot for on the power side when you're cycling? Like one forty five to one fifty five in an Ironman. In that's, an Ironman. In okay. an Ironman. That's yeah, because my zone. you have different numbers, obviously, yeah. for like Olympic the, distance, whatever it oh, might yeah. be. In a, okay. in a half, it'll be like one sixty five, one seventy. But again, these numbers probably mean nothing. Of course, to anybody. no, no. It's the same. It's the same way I use power from stride on my runs. My power number for stride is going to be completely different. So is my heart rate. My resting heart rate is still thirty six, thirty eight. I do runs, and people are like, "You mustn't wear a chest strap." I'm like, "Yes, I do." And they're like, "No, your heart rate can't be that low." I'm like, "Yes, it is. It's been from a lifetime of stuff." So totally cool. So your yeah. power number. So the first loop, you're staying within. You know, you're trying to stay within. The second loop, now it's like, it's so hot. I felt like my kidneys were cooking because I could feel the heat. And now I'm seeing ambulances, you know, oh, going no. by on the bike. Yeah, it's bad. It's really, and really And what, really what are you doing on the fueling side? Because right off the bat, if it's that kind of crazy temperature. And were you in a wetsuit in the swim or no? No, it was not wetsuit no, legal. I, no, okay, just checking yep, because no, just knowing no. for anybody who hasn't done try before, being in a wetsuit, you are going to sweat a whole lot more. And, yeah, and no. so good that you weren't, but if you were, that could dehydrate you even further, obviously. So, okay, yeah. so cool. But no so you're starting your second very loop. Hot, what, what were you doing for fueling? You know, for it's- I use, I use infinite. So I have a specific, uh, you know, bottle per hour plus snacks. I mean, it's a whole system. It's a system. Yep. It's a very complicated system. And then I started taking salt pills. I don't do salt typically, Ron. A lot of people do. I'm really good in the heat. I don't sweat. It, so I don't use base salt normally. But on that day, I put them in my on my bike and I took salt pills every 45 minutes. Smart. Because now, are those, are those yeah. the chew? I know there's many, many different kinds. Because they didn't have chewables. They I didn't. Swallowing. That's all they okay. had left. Like everybody was buying them all up. You couldn't even get them. I luckily got them from the expo on like the, the first day. Got you. So I took those on the, and you know what? It, it was fine. I mean, I was, so the second loop, it's funny because when I was with all the Kona qualifiers, something we were signing up, we all were saying how loop one, 
the power was loop two, it was out the window. It was just, you cannot be pushing. You couldn't be pushing the kind of watts that you were, you were pushing. Um, but I came off the bike. I think my, I was fifth in my age group on the bike. So I had a good bike. Um, and a, I was like, a good bike, fifth in I your age group, bike. girl, was, you rock the fucking bike, fifth <laughs> in your was, age group. I was feeling good on the bike. I had a good solid bike and you know, you gotta be smart on the bike because that's where everybody, they crush the bike cause you don't feel it. And then you've got nothing for the run. So I had to save something for the run and the run was brutal. It was, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a runner, so I don't walk in marathons. Like that's not what, what were I the, do, what were the temps in the, in the marathon? Cause I know you said was, 99 degrees. It was running on the sun. That's what everybody was saying. We're running on the sun. It's crazy. It so hot, Ron. I can't even tell you. That is and, completely crazy. And hills, like, yeah. It, I, and somebody had told me beforehand that they had done Chattanooga and they were crying on the marathon. During, I'm like, oh, come on. You weren't crying in the marathon. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, that bad. Yes, it was. Um, yes, but I could see was. why they were crying. So it was, you know, but I had to, I really had to push. And it's, here's a funny story. And again, just a testament to don't ever give up the fight. Yeah. Running along and my husband sees me and he's like, you're in fourth. You know, you can track where you're at. He's like, oh, you're in- cool. So the yeah, app. So he's like, yeah, the app is tracking where I was in my age group based on, but we all start at different times, Ron. So you don't know, you know, I, somebody could have started before me and I could come in after them, but have a faster time. Got it. So it's kind of convoluted, but so at it's the tricky. time. It's tricky. So, but while we were all out there racing, my age group, I was in fourth, third, fourth, third, fourth. I don't know how many Kona slots there are. I don't know. What oh, I you, you didn't, do. you didn't know before the race or. No. Okay. They don't tell you. So, oh, they it's, keep, they keep it close to the vest. It's I got two it. or three. It's usually two or three. It's two or three. So I didn't know. I, it could be three. If it was three, I was trying to come to top three. Could be two. Then you're out of luck. So I'm coming, I'm two or three. I start running and he's like, he says to me, he's like, you got to run. I'm like, I can't freaking run. I'm, <laughs> done. I'm like my stomach, the heat and the gels and the yeah, infinite. It's a mosh pit in there. It's a mosh Sloshing pit. around. I can, it's, I can hear the sounds out loud for anybody who doesn't know yeah. by this point. You've been oh, on the course for it's, it's so six bad. hours on the bike. It's an hour. You're you're eight. You're you're eight nine ten hours into it. It's it's crazy. I mean, there's like science experiments going on inside your stomach, yeah. and you're trying it's to. Bad. You needed your dad out there in the course to start yelling at you. Your he dad would have been like, um, Leah, been like, "Are you serious, Leah? Really? Really? Um, are you going to start on. running faster? Like, this is who you are, Leah. Really? This so is, you're going to is... let this girl take your spot for Kona? <laughs> totally. Yeah. So I'm, did, I'm, I'm, he needs to yeah. be on the bullhorn going, Leah. Let's go. Pick it up. He, he we need the NASCAR there. headset. I was like, I was done, Ron. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Toast. I'm out. And he's it's like, over. my husband's like, you got to run. You got to run. I'm like, fine. So I start picking up, start running. I see this girl with an age group on her leg. And I'm like, oh, cool. So I that's go. how you would know. Okay. Well, you know, you they have their age on their legs. So I got you see it. On their okay. But by now it's melting. It's hot. Yeah. It's sweating. I'm like, is, <laughs> I can't see. I'm like, is that a four? Is that a six? Well, how old is she? You oh, know, it's not like color coded or something no, smart. No, no, oh no, God. No, I was going to no, say like maybe blue is for 30 year olds and green. No, yeah. It's a Sharpie that oh, was done at 5 oh, a.m. Oh, perfect. Yeah. That'll hold up well. And now, okay. So you're in hour 10, hour 11. You're delusional. Yeah, of course. Point. Again, I'm running on the sun. It's delusional. I'm crazy, but I think I see a four and I think she's in my age group. So what do I do? And she snuck off into the age station. I'm like, I run past her. Yeah. You just blow by. I yep. just blow by her. I'm, I'm, go- I'm gone. I'm gone. Yeah. So now here's my story in my head. She's going to get me. She's, she's yeah. behind me. She's coming she's, for me. She's coming. Yeah. So she's hunting. I start hauling yep. ass, hauling ass. My last mile was a 640 mile. What? 
I freaking Okay, retirement moment, greatest moment in Run Chat's I, history. I what? Six forty? I flew. That's insane. Now, mind you, the last like quarter of a mile was downhill. Maybe not even a quarter of a mile, maybe point two. Yeah, the distance from the turn on Boyle's... The, the, I don't the, care the if it was to, off a cliff, Leah. I don't care. I, I was afraid I was going to I don't I care if it was a, ro- a roller coaster. I don't care. You know those downhill marathons people run and then don't tell yeah. you that they've yeah. run a 20-minute <laughs> PR? And then you're like, where did this person run a 240 at? Oh, I see. 5,000 feet right. elevation yeah. drop. Okay. All right. I got yeah, it. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. So I was, I was afraid I was going to trip on myself because I was running so fast at the end because I was so afraid. I had this story in my head that she was behind me. I kept looking I over my it. shoulder. She's, com- she's coming Boom. for me. I fabricated this whole thing. So I crossed the finish line. And what, what's the first thing I say? Uh, where, where am I? What, what did I yeah, come in? Of where course. Am I? Where, yeah, what yeah. place? Of yeah, course. What place? Yeah, yeah, and my husband's course. like, how about second? I'm like, no. Oh, so he, so he knew again because the, the app is doing like a real time. It's when factoring crossed, it. If they start before you, it factors all of that stuff in, right? It's got the correct. whole, oh my so gosh. So these women. There was so a woman that, like in the old days, you'd be waiting around for the race director and then they'd yeah. pop, Oh my God. So you would know, you knew, you knew at that moment, you knew you had a spot. I knew I had a spot. Oh my God. Because, That's because crazy. I knew there had to be at least two spots. There wouldn't. Yeah. If I had come in third. I wouldn't have got a spot. You wouldn't have got a spot. There were only two spots. And guess how much time was between second and third? A minute. A minute. People have no idea just how insanely competitive triathlon is. And, uh, you know, people, they only mean the best, right? You, the people that love you and support you. Yeah. And you know what I'm talking about? Like my Instagram crew, the people who support me, they're like, oh, dude, you're going to, you're going to qualify for Kona. You're going to be killing your age group. I'm like, these <laughs> people have no, no idea. idea. Like I, what do you think the first thing I did before I said I was going to do an Ironman? You wouldn't even know the first looked thing I did. Up, I went on Kona. The, I looked yeah. up the top 10 times. I went yeah. to all the major races and I looked it up and yeah. I was like, what the yeah. f- are these people it's throwing insane. down? It's like crazy. And it's I'm like, insane. then I was like, wait, you haven't done this in 30 years. Sure, this seems impossible. I'm not saying it isn't incredibly amazing. It is, but like anything else, you know, I'm not afraid to put out there what I want to do or what I'm going to try right. to do. And, and look you at you. Know. Look at you. You were swimming in blowing bubbles. You were mm-hmm. having hyperventilation attacks. You go out there and you qualify for Kona and on a day when it's like running on the sun, when it's 90, when it's 99 degrees. So that speaks to the mental toughness way more than the physical toughness. And I think people always say to me, oh, you're so strong. You're so strong. And they, they're thinking of it in the physical context. They're so wrong. It's like, yes, I think I'm strong and I know you're strong. I don't have to even say you're strong, but it's up here is where you're strong. What do you think Goggins can do these insane things from? Because here it's all in his mind. He steeled himself to just will himself to run on broken legs and stress fractures and give me the duct tape and I can keep that smart. (laughs) No, it isn't. But don't do we, that. We have, we have mad respect, you know? But he shows us through those crazy events what we're capable of yeah. doing. And I, I, you know, people say, oh, you're just fast. You're just talented. You're just a talented oh, yeah. runner. You're, and I'm like, no, no, no. It's not just that. Do <laughs> I have some talent? Yes. I'm not going to deny it and say I'm not an athlete. Yes, I'm athletic. But am I especially gifted in any of these areas? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, but I think that on that particular day, just so you know, like everything has to be, everything has to come together on that day. You've got to have 
all of it. You know, you've got to have the swim and your transition has to be good and your bike, everything has to be really good. And what a friend of mine said that was just perfectly true for that day in Chattanooga, he said, Leah, you slowed down the least. I mean, that's that was it. To, to me that that, was uh, it. that 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 can be stated in a far more positive uh, that's manner. The, no, but it look, it's, the it's, it's not wrong. But I think what what's really remarkable is the swim, the bike, the run, one hundred and forty point six. But what's insane is one minute. Like you said, I remember because it's 30 years ago but i remember i was terrible in transitions that's 30 years ago and i would watch these athletes like you know wheel their bike out and clip into their shoes that were already like clipped on their shin and be like how do these people do this stuff well guess what they practiced it over and over and over again and they lay their stuff out in such an order and a way but they also practiced how when they came back in you know helmet on first whatever their routine is nothing is an accident okay and yes oh leah's a really good swimmer or Leah's really good on the bike. No, Leah made herself good on the bike. Leah went out there and rode in Long Island out to the Hamptons or, yep, you know, Montauk yep. with headwinds on a hundred degree days and did the grind and did the hard yes. work. And you don't just say, oh, it's not going to be a good day to do a century today. No, you've got to get the century done because it's, that's what, when you, what are you going to do? You're going to push it out three weeks and then you're going to throw your whole schedule off. I mean, you can only do so no, many of these really longer, harder things. It. And you know what else? Leah went and rode with people who were better than she was and she was scared to death and she did it anyway. Yep. And she said, she put herself out there and said, you know what, if I want to be better, I have to be with better people. And I got so much faster on the bike because I biked with people who were better than me. And I was scared, Ron, going downhill. I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that. That is not. And every time I went on a ride and I'll stay in arrow a little bit longer, don't touch those brakes, keep up, keep up. I would be nervous wreck, Ron, driving out, out East to meet these cyclists who have no business <laughs> cycling with my coach who's a former pro who's amazing who races a professional in her 30s give her a, now, give her a shout out because danielle we'll, sullivan yeah. you are amazing and she is the best coach friend and athlete i'll ever know and she's the reason i'm where i'm at because she believed in me she said leah bike with us i said i can't i can't do it i'm, I'm yes you can you, you can handle it. You are good on the bike. I'm like, no, 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 you guys are so much faster. I'm going to hold you back. And guess what? I hung right in there, Ron. I hung right in there. And I ran with her and I biked with her and she made me a better athlete, but she believed in me. And that's another thing we haven't talked about is make sure you're surrounding yourself with the right people. Make sure you are having people around you who are in alignment with you, who want to see you succeed, who are not trying to say, Ron, why are you doing that? You're 60 years old. What are you trying to prove? Haven't you proven enough? No, F you. I'm doing this for me because I want to see what I'm capable of. I want to see what I'm made of. This isn't about you. But they want to say, you're good. You don't need to do this. You've done all this. Look at you. You've done this. You've done this. And you're like, no, I've got more in me and good for you. You know, so make sure you've got those people around you that believe in what believe in you and your goals and support you. Otherwise, I, I don't have time for it. I don't have time for anybody else. Like, that's that you're not is- with me. 
Yeah. That's, that's life lesson, man. That's, that's yeah. how you want to pick your partner in life, who you're going to marry, who you're going to live yes. with, who you're going to be in business with, who you're going to train with. It's just all the way around my team that I call the A team. This, that sense of pride, man, you, you give that to them. You give them the power to make them feel powerful. You're empowering them, but you're part of it yourself, but it's not like it's my team. It's Leah's team. Fuck that. It's, it's the A team, man. We are, we're in this thing, but not only that, we get the client involved. We get them feeling like they're part of it. So she made you feel, Danielle made you feel like you could do this. You could step up. You could ride with this group. So that's awesome by her. And, you know, she's was an Ironman professional and, you know, had a decorated career and all that. So that's wonderful. But so the same thing goes for you, knowing already you're passing that same energy and vibe to your athletes because they're going to exceed and and go further than they could. And, and to me, I always try to put things in context. It's not just about how fast you can run, how fast you can ride, how fast you can swim, or whatever the hell the sport is that you're playing. It's about taking the journey up here and saying, this is the best that I can be, okay? And I will stare down these demons, and I will stare down my fears, because when I had my bike crash, for, I mean, it was overwhelming to me to see that like 506, 600, 700 people commented on my bike crash, not just, you know, whatever, but wrote me something, some funny, some not funny, some <laughs> serious, some really yeah. serious, but a lot of the comments were like, Hey dude, biking's dangerous. I hope you're just going to get back to running now. Or man, I hope that, you know, you're going to put the bike aside now and get back to just training on the, you know, get back to being the top runner you are. And let me tell you something for all of the well-intentioned comments that I got and all the ones that I love, cause I know the people who really love me and carry me and they're part of my journey. And they talk about how I bring them along for my training and my racing it was all of those people. I just say thank you to every single one of those. Cause when they said that, I was just like, they told me three weeks before I'd bike and run. I was like, yeah, seven days I was running, you know, I don't know, 12 days I was biking, but you know, with a concussion, obviously you got to be really careful. Yeah. And you were right about the downhill. When I crashed at 50 miles an hour, that's what took me out of the sport 30 years ago. Cause although I did another half Ironman, it was on the wildflower biking course, which is crazy up and down, crazy up and down where I was riding the brake to the point where I thought I was going to melt my knuckles, like saying Hail Marys out loud. And I realized, <laughs> Hey, this isn't, this isn't healthy for me right now. And it wasn't. Now, if I'd have stuck with it a little longer, I'd have been fine. But you know what? I believe our stories are, they follow the path they're supposed to for a reason. And the yep. pandemic took me to this point where after I did the 10 marathons in 10 weeks and I raised all that money to feed all the awesome healthcare workers that are doing so much amazing, noble work for us during this pandemic. And that gave me a purpose every day. That gave me something to do. And um, I, I ran 10 marathons in 10 weeks. I mean, alone, alone, Leah, with no one. Only my son in Vermont ran 10 miles with me and one of them. My friend ran the last one with me because he just wanted to do something with me and had been really pushing yeah. out what I was doing and, you know, trying to send the message, um, you know, what was going on. And, yeah. um, you know, but so that's, that's, again, that's how you readjust your goals in COVID. You yeah. Put another goal on the map. There's yeah. no London, there's no Chicago, there's no Berlin, there's no Tokyo. I'm doing this. You know, you did your own thing. You set your own goal. And that's why that's awesome. And you made it not about you. You made it about other people. And that's, that's beautiful. That's how you adjust and adapt. That's what we have to do. Yeah. And, and before we roll out. So yeah, that was great. You know, the running piece, but then I was bored. 
And then I looked at my bike, but I'm saying I looked at my bike, I got back out there. And then after the crash, like I said, you know, people were saying, you know, you're, you're probably going to hang it. I was like, no, 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 you don't know me. You don't know Leah, because you know, that's when you challenge, you know, when you're really afraid, when you had it happen to you again, like, are you going to get back up? Are you going to get back out there and stay in the fight? Are you going to get back on that bicycle and ride again if you're nervous? And yes, you can, and you will. And that's how, that's how we keep moving forward. So, um, I want to make sure everybody knows how to follow you because I know you do motivational speaking. You've been on TV a bunch of times. What are the easiest places for people to, um, follow you and get in touch with you if they want to get involved with, you know, using your coaching services, et cetera. Well, I'm the, Thanks, Ron. The best way, you know, I'm on Instagram at Leah Jansen. That's an easy one. Um, my website is leahjansen.com, L-E-A-H-J-A-N-T-Z-E-N. That's easy. And on Instagram, DM me, follow me. I do videos. I do, you know, I'm doing a five-day challenge coming up. I do, I host some trainings. A lot of it is around mindset. And I think my, you know, my goal is I want to pour into other people like other people have poured into me, the energy the ability and just to know, don't set limits on yourself. Like, you know, sometimes we have to don't look at your watch and say, oh no, I'm running too fast. You can, maybe you can run faster than that. Maybe that's not, that's a self-imposed limitation. And I just think if I can do it with four kids and a full-time job and a side business and God only knows a puppy, you know, it's, it's doable. It's doable. If you figure out how to go deep with less and figure out what it is you really want, and don't be afraid to put yourself on the hook. Don't be afraid to put out there something big and audacious that scares the crap out of you. Cause that's what makes us feel alive. And that's why we're here on this planet. Like who wants to play it safe all the time, do something big. So what if you fail, you fall on your face, so what Who cares? No one's watching. They don't care about us. They care about themselves. Do you live life on your terms? And I guarantee it, you'll wake up with purpose and purpose makes us happy. That is absolutely the best closing ever. Um, that's it, man. That's it, people. I couldn't say it any better myself. I mean, that's where we're going to find our passion in life. If you're, if you're reaching for something that really scares the hell out of you in life, Trust me, it's going to get you out of bed every single day. Yes. It's going to get it's going to get the juices flowing. Run a race at two o'clock in the morning. Do something crazy. <laughs> do something wild. Yes, do yes. something different. But trust mm-hmm. me, you'll thank me. You'll thank Leah for for stepping out of the box a little and, and pushing yourself beyond your comfort zone. And um, you know, definitely hit her up. She's doing some amazing, amazing stuff. And I'm amazed at how far you've gone with your Ironman in such a short period of time and just really what kind of times you're throwing down as well as as a badass runner too. But I'm super stoked um, to follow your Ironman journey for yes. sure because it is just such a such an incredible uh, accomplishment. So Thanks, Ron. So, Thanks for having me. Yeah. This is great fun. Yeah. Awesome time. Absolutely. We could do this for hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, then when you're tell is your book coming out? Um, I not know, yet. Not, not yet. yet. Don't, yeah, I can't do all things all the time. One okay. thing at a time. One all right. Well, when that when that launches, we'll have it. you back on and we'll oh, I'd love we'll it. We'll do a, we'll we'll do a little promotion around that. So oh, that'd so, be super. Thanks, Ron. So thank. Thank you so much. And uh, how we always close out, we always tell everybody, everybody, keep lacing them up, keep getting out the door, and always remember to stay in the fight. Peace out, everybody. Wow, that was such a fun chat. I so enjoyed Leah's energy, her passion for her sports, for marathoning, for triathlon, 
and how big a goal she pursues, not only in her own life, but also uh, trying to help her clients achieve theirs as well. Uh, that kind of stuff really fires me up and gets the engine going. Uh, it's clear from the energy of our conversation, we could easily talk for a couple more hours. So I hope you all enjoyed her passion and her experiences. It's just so inspiring to hear somebody talk about basically being someone who's a swimmer doing the doggy paddle and struggling uh, to complete a swim and hyperventilating and then going on to finish two Ironmans and make it to the podium and qualify for Kona, which is the absolute peak of that sport. Uh, just incredibly uh, exceptional stuff, as well as qualifying for Boston in her very first marathon. So she's uh, a total badass and someone I have enormous respect for. So uh, definitely give her a follow on Instagram, Leah Jansen. Uh, her webpage is leahjansen.com. If you want to engage her for coaching services or potentially motivational speaking of any kind, um, she even does free uh, Skype, uh, Zoom calls uh, to kind of help people get some mindset planning uh, going, which what could be better with 2021 coming right around the corner. So I highly recommend that. So anyway, thank you all for being part of the Run Chats family. Apologies, life and, and the craziness of COVID again. Uh, CFO and my company passed away recently. So it's just been really tough trying to stick to the script here and get shows recorded and track people down and for scheduling um, to get them in the in the grid or on the grid, let's say, for future episodes. So a little bit, apologies there. We'll do my best to try to get uh, some sort of regular rhythm back on this end. And I just want to say thank you to all who are continuing to follow along, downloading shows, writing reviews, um, sharing posts on Instagram stories, et cetera. It really helps us grow our audience and find new listeners. So I really would appreciate anyone doing those same things with this wonderful episode from Leah. So all the best to the listeners for being part of uh, our journey together and um, just keep lacing them up, my friends. Keep remembering to get out that door. Every day we do that, we uh, do our best to tackle all the difficulties that 2020 has thrown at us and keep our mindset in the right place moving forward and to get after 2021. There's big things out there waiting for all of us. So let's keep getting after it. Keep getting out the door and always remember to stay in the fight, my friends. Peace out. We will talk soon. <laughs>